0: junior year, senior year of high school, it was definitely full blown eating disorder. I thought I was doing a great job at hiding it, but it was very apparent to my friends. The guy I was dating at the time, I dated him all through high school. He was like very worried and very concerned. He was like, I don't know what to do. Um like, is there anything I can do? And I was like, oh I'm fine, I'm fine. Like I just denied it a lot. So I started doing eating disorder treatment senior year of high school. We've tried the Maudsley approach, which is not something for a senior in high school. Definitely, I feel like you're more towards, like, younger kids, where it's, like, a very family-involved approach. And they were really adamant about, like, my parents being there for every meal and just, like, sitting with me until I would eat everything. And that just did not go over well, because I was still in this state of, like, there's nothing wrong. We got out of that pretty quickly, And they put me into a day program that would go through to home. When I started college in the fall, I roomed with a really, really good friend of mine from high school. It was fun at first, but I just wasn't really in a place where I was, like, ready to get over the eating disorder, ready to try to recover from it. Things got pretty overwhelming pretty quickly, and I was depressed because I just didn't really like the town of the college like where I was at it was just so small compared to being in like Chicago the big city and all that with all the people and things to do so after the first semester I was just like I'm coming home I hate it here I'm very depressed the eating disorder was definitely there and definitely active but the depression was kind of overtaking that I wanted to get into nutrition ironically for my major there was a school in the Chicago area that had a really great nutrition program my aunt actually worked at the school and that's how I had even heard about it and my parents were like well why don't you come home for the second semester and go to the school and see if nutrition is really what you want to do or if this is more like an eating disorder driven decision so I was like okay I'll do that so I came home and I went to the school for a semester and it was really great like school was good i enjoyed it i was doing better than i had been in a while with the eating disorder and after lots of discussion my parents were like you know what if you want to go to texas because that was my initial this is where i want to go this is where i want to go to school and be they're like if this is what you want to do and you keep seeing people down in texas and you have a team in texas then we'll let you go so that was so exciting for me I joined a sorority, and that was really fun, and I was getting involved in a lot of different things. The nutrition program was great, and, like, the group of us that were in the nutrition program were all really close. I had some issues with a roommate. That started becoming a very stressful situation the eating disorder kind of ramped back up because I was like, I don't want to focus on her or all these things that she's like throwing at me. So I'm going to focus on this, something I can control. And the gym turned into something that I was like, this is what I can do to stay out of the room. Somehow I convinced everyone that things were okay. I went back in the fall, all of like my really, really good close friends got into this program that I didn't get into. I just completely fell apart. I, was at the gym for hours on end. I wouldn't go out. I avoided all my friends, basically all the sorority stuff. I just stopped going to it. People just didn't really know what to say to me. They didn't know how to help. So I kind of let the eating disorder take over and run its course without anyone really saying anything. In February, I was sitting in class, and we were talking about, like, heart disease or heart attacks. It was like a biochem class. And I just remember I looked over at my friend and I was like, I don't feel good. Like I think I'm having a heart attack. And she was just like, you're fine. Like do you want to get up and go get some water or something? And I was like, I think so. Like I just don't feel good. And as soon as we stood up, everything went black and I was out. I woke up, opened my eyes. I'm just like staring at the ceiling in my class and there's these guys over me and they're like, what's your name? Like asking these questions. They put me on a stretcher, took me to a hospital. They found my heart rate was like 32, which is very, 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 very low. I didn't really get the severity of the situation. They called my parents. The doctor was like, if you both can't come, one of you need to come because we don't think she's going to be leaving here. My mom got on a flight that night, and I got moved into the cardiac ICU. My school was like, we can't take her back until she gets help because... That's like a risk for us, a liability for us. But I ended up staying in cardiac ICU down in Texas for a week. We packed all my things up and I went back to Chicago and I got put in a program close by to my house because I didn't want to stay in Texas all by myself. So I was in an inpatient situation for about maybe like a month and a half. It was just a weird experience because I had never experienced anything like that and just being around all these people an eating disorder and I was like I don't think anything's wrong with me like I still was in denial and so I stuck around and I went back to that school that I had gone to when I had come back for that one semester things were going okay with the eating disorder but the depression was something that was starting to be more of an issue and the anxiety and so I moved into my own apartment and I was going to school I had a job as a waitress I was like keeping busy But the eating disorder was not under any kind of control, and living alone was probably the dumbest thing because I was completely isolated from everyone, and I could just go to classes, come home, go to work, go to sleep. After a couple months of living by myself, everyone, like my treatment team, my parents were like, you can't do this anymore. Like, you need more help. You need to go to a residential care because the depression is so bad. Like, I would text my mom these awful, awful things and saying, like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this. This isn't worth it. A couple times my dad had to come out to the apartment in the middle of the night and then take me to the hospital because I was like, my heart is hurting. My heart is hurting. And they didn't know what else to do. So they're like, we're not paying for school. We're not helping you with the apartment anymore. We're not paying for anything if you don't go and get more help. So I was like, the only way I'm going to residential is if it's Montanito out in California. And that was because I had read The Eight Keys, and so I knew Carolyn Costin's whole views on treatment and recovery. And I spent from June to September at Montanito, even though I was like, 30 days, I'm going home. Like, no, no way, I'm not going home. Like, I'll be fine. But clearly I needed a couple more months than just 30 days. When I went back in September, I started – this program downtown Chicago and I actually lived in like a transitional living situation down there and it was just so weird to like transition from Montenegro and everything that I was taught there into this whole new type of treatment that I was just like I'm not on board with this I don't believe in what they're saying and like I knew it was going to be a hard transition but it was more than I could have really pictured because I was in this place where it was like everyone was just trying to like manage the eating disorder and I felt like in Montanito it was very much like you can recover and you can live without an eating disorder. You don't have to have this. I was going to a place where it was more like oh well you know like you just can manage it and manage the feelings and it'll be okay. Like it won't be ideal and I was like I don't believe this at all and like that was really hard for me and I felt like people weren't speaking their truth. I don't know. It was just crazy to be in that world but like feel so strong in it in one sense the first couple months I felt so good and I was doing all the things I wanted to do I was like hanging out with my friends a lot more and like going out with my friends and I moved in with one of my best friends she could tell things were different the depression was not really an issue and My heart, which was always hurting all the time, wasn't hurting, and I just, like, I felt so good. I moved back home in December with my parents, and things were good. My mom was, like, refusing to go to therapy. I mean, my dad were very much like, you need therapy for yourself, and it's not just about Natalie. Like, it's about, like, just stuff going on in your own life, and she just didn't get it, and so that was really hard for me because... I know how therapy can help, and I feel like she would benefit from it in, like, January. I started back at school. I was doing, I was back with my outpatient team. I don't really know what happened, but things just started going downhill, I guess. My sister moved in with us in, like, February, and that wasn't good because me and my sister just, do not get along or night and day and so things just started feeling a little overwhelming the depression has definitely gotten a lot worse over the month it's something that I feel like I'm struggling with almost more so than the eating disorder part of it I remember at Montenegro I had like journaled like what a day in recovery would look like I've actually gone back to it a couple of times and like read it and it's like I had that for a little bit I was able to do those things I wasn't focus on body image and what am I going to eat? What am I not going to eat? And I was able to be present. And I think that's a big thing also is just like I want to be present in my relationships. Relationships with people is such a important thing and one of my top priorities. And when the eating disorder is such a big installment in my life, I don't get to focus on those relationships. That's just like, that's such a bummer because I have great ones I think that's the motivation is, like, I want to have those relationships in my life because they are important to me. I wake up so many days with so much hope, and I'm like, I can do this. This is what I'm going to do today that is going to put me one step closer to where I want to be, and I can do it. And I wake up like that so often. But then I just let one little thing or, like, one little comment someone says to me that they probably don't even really mean. Like, I just let the littlest things come in. I'm very up and down like my relationship with hope is very like kind of thing I can start off with so much hope for myself and the world and like by the end of the day it's so it's like a crash and burn kind of thing and that's something that's really hard and something that I talk about with my mom a lot she's just like there's so many people out there that love you and are holding out hope for you like it's just reminding myself of so many people do love me and do have hope for me something we learn at this is like You tell your truth without judgment. So many doors open for you when you do that. And, yeah, it's scary to be vulnerable, but you can gain so much by being vulnerable. One thing that Rachel, my therapist, Evisa, said when I left from graduation, she wrote something about, like, and you know that, like, when your heart is hurting, that just means it's time to, like, start talking. Like, that means there's stuff going on. And it's so because I remember at this is so many times I would be like, oh my heart hurts, but I don't want to say anything, I don't want to tell anyone, I don't want to worry anyone. But like when I finally started speaking up, I felt better, and it's just like reinforced you just you gotta say the things you need to say and don't hold them in because that just gets you in this messy place inside your head. Like I am scared to be vulnerable and like be honest because I'm afraid of how that person's gonna respond to me, and I think I do need to be more honest with people in that I have relationships right now that maybe these aren't the healthiest relationships for me. And I think being honest with those people that I need to be honest with will help with everything that I'm struggling with right now. Cause I feel like that really weighs on me and that kind of puts more stress in my life that I don't really need for so long at Montanito. I was like, I don't think I'm capable of this. It was like, I'm able, like, but I don't think I'm capable Realising that no, 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 I'm capable, and I'm doing it, and like I don't need to live like this, and like I don't think anyone with an eating disorder needs to live with it. I think that there is hope for everyone, and that hopefulness and that happiness that I. No, I have in me like I feel it right now just like talking like I just I feel better and it's like reminding yourself even when you don't want to go out and see this person or go out and do this thing or this activity do it like you'll be so much happier when you do and like I know I feel better when I do it it just reminds me that like I can recover I can do it and I don't have to live with the eating disorder I don't have to live with the depression or the anxiety and yeah it's going to be so flippin' hard and but it's like just hour by hour take it hour by hour and you are capable of anything